He's got to be one of the most famous angels in history, and he's recognized in multiple religious traditions, so who is this guy? Well, it's not that simple. Gabriel is not just one guy. Gabriel represents a particular category of action of a whole group of angels. We'll learn the nature of that action by looking at the biblical Christmas story. Angels bring important instructions and messages. In the first chapter of Luke, Gabriel appears to Zechariah the priest and announces that his wife would have a son who would become John the Baptist. Then, Gabriel appears to the Virgin Mary, telling her she would have a son who would be called the Son of God and to name him Jesus. In Luke 2, an unnamed angel appears to a group of shepherds, announcing the birth of the Savior. Then, a host of angels joins the first one, praising God with great joy. In Matthew chapter 1, an unnamed angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream, telling him that Mary's child was from the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 2, an angel again appears to Joseph, warning him to take his family to Egypt to escape King Herod, who wanted to kill Jesus. Crucial messages! With that in mind, back to Gabriel. The name Gabriel is used for the angel who announced the conception of John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for Jesus, and the conception of Jesus, who would be the Savior. Gabriel also turns up in the Old Testament book of Daniel, the Quran, the book of Enoch, and Gnostic manuscripts. Interestingly, Gabriel is never actually called an archangel in the Bible, only an angel. But as we said before, Gabriel is not one specific angel but the name of a specific function that many angels participate in on behalf of God. Cooperative teamwork is the hallmark of heavenly life. People join together in common causes that serve the common good. A whole community of angels can appear and communicate as a single angel, representing how they work together as one in their goals, even though they are individuals. Also, one angel can appear on behalf of a whole community of angels. Either way, the appearance of Gabriel represents all the angels that want to bring the message that God comes to us down here in our earthly lives and saves us from hellish thoughts and feelings and to lead us to happiness, harmony, and peace. The shepherds saw an outpouring of collective angelic joy. These Gabriel angels rejoice that the Lord came into the world to make it possible for all of us to reach heavenly peace. And they want to bring that joy to us, too. For the concept that a name is a symbol of a particular quality, see our show, The Spiritual Meaning of Names. For more about what Swedenborg learned about angels, see the different kinds of angels. And for what life is like in heaven, we did a show called A Day in the Life of an Angel. But to look more deeply into the role angels play for the Christmas story, the identity of Gabriel, and how angels operate on behalf of God, keep watching. The role angels play in the Christmas story. If we're going to find out this angel stuff, we have to pay attention to what angels are doing, because that is crucial to us understanding who they are. And they're doing three things. They're announcing, they're offering guidance, and they're rejoicing. They're like, yeah! So let's look at these in turn. First, announcing. Throughout the Old Testament, there had been these prophecies of a coming Messiah or Savior. Just a few of the best known, most famous rock star passages. Micah 5.2, But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. 
and then in Isaiah 7, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. This is very direct. Look, the virgin is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. And in Isaiah, and this, I, I feel like this is the one I know best, For a child has been born for us, a son is given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I'm realizing, I know that because of the song, right? For unto us, you know that song, right? And also, there's a prophecy that there would be someone coming to prepare the way for the Savior. This is in Isaiah again. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. There's something cool about that imagery. So the first appearance of angels in the New Testament Christmas story is to announce that this is happening. The time for those prophecies to be fulfilled has arrived. In the first chapter of Luke, you've got the angel Gabriel showing up. He appears to Zacharias the priest, says, hey, you're going to have a son. And this is a big deal because they're old. And, and Zacharias' wife, Elizabeth, was way too old to be having kids. So this is the first miraculous announcement in the Christmas story. It's about this guy who's going to prepare the way. Then there is, it's all the greatest hits here, this famous scene in which uh, Gabriel again announces to Mary, a virgin, that she would have a son and that she should name him Jesus. You may have heard that name. Although some people are saying that's not actually the name that the angels said. It was actually something more like Yeshua. What is the real name? Let's get some insight into that. I loved studying Hebrew and Greek in college. So it was fun to research this name, Jesus slash Jesus slash Yeshua. Yeshua is the most commonly used Hebrew form for the name of the Old Testament figure, Joshua. Yeshua is a shortened form of Yahashua, which is the Hebrew for Yah, or God, saves. In the New Testament, Joseph and Mary were told the name of their baby, which was to mean he saves his people from their sins. So, Jesus is just the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua. And Jesus also means Yah saves. You can hear the similarities between Yeshua and Jesus. Greek doesn't have a letter for the sound sh. So there's that difference in the middle. And it needs that final S in Jesus just to make it a declinable Greek noun. Now, Mary and Joseph were Jews familiar with the Hebrew scriptures. So for all I know, they used the Hebrew form of Yah saves when they were talking to this little boy in their house, Yeshua. But the story comes to us in Greek. The New Testament is in Greek. And the English word for that name is further influenced by the Latin version of the Bible, which stood for centuries. So in the telling of the tale, the English version of the name comes to us as Jesus. But it's all the same name, the same word, the same meanings, just in different linguistic forms, transliterated into English from the various sacred languages. Jesus. Jesus, Yeshua. So there you have it. 
The next thing angels do is they guide people. They have a guidance function. In Matthew chapter 1, there was this unnamed angel of the Lord who appears to Joseph. And at the time, Joseph is in a bit of a crisis. He doesn't know what to do. His fiance is pregnant. The child's not his. The angel says to him, look, this is what you've got to do. Take Mary as your wife. Call the child's name Jesus. And that's not the end of the angel guidance to Joseph. After Jesus was born and Herod was trying to find him and kill him, which is a really mean thing to do, angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and tells him, take Jesus and Mary and go to Egypt and then stay until I tell you to leave. And then Herod dies. Angel comes back and tells Joseph, okay, now you can come bring your family back to the land of Israel. So like this celestial GPS system that seriously alters the, the course of the story, a crucial character, the whole thing would have gone wrong if that angel wasn't there. So they do very load-bearing seeming activities and then stuff that almost seems like frivolous or, or emotion-based and that is the rejoicing function. You have the night Jesus was born. This unnamed angel appears to a group of shepherds to announce the birth and then tells the shepherds where they can find the child and then a whole bunch of other angels show up, but they don't give any additional information. All they do is express total joy about this event. That scene, of course, made famous by Linus in the Charlie Brown Christmas special. So that's the function of angels. That's what they do. But what about this particular name, Gabriel, that keeps popping up? Who is Gabriel? The identity of Gabriel. Who is this famous Gabriel? And a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this, but let's look into what did Swedenborg see when the veil was lifted and he started to peer into the spiritual world. First, there's this fascinating spiritual world dynamic that he witnessed and describes in his book, Heaven and Hell. The Lord leads all the people in the whole of heaven as though they were a single angel, like all the people together as one, and does the same for those who are in any particular community. As a result, sometimes a whole angelic community appears as a single entity in the form of an angel, a sight that the Lord has allowed me to see. Okay, so angels are always grouped functionally together. Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael are nothing but angelic communities that are given these names because of their functions. Oh, the grand human being, heaven is like a single person. All angels work together like the human body works together. So this one angel, Gabriel, what the Bible describes, was representing a whole society or community or crowd or group of angels. This is from True Christianity. Gabriel and Michael are not the names of two people in heaven. These names mean all the angels in heaven who have wisdom about the Lord and who worship him. Okay. So not as only, it would be a little unbalanced if there was just like one or two people that were so much more important than the rest of us. But this is cool because it shows a little insight into what kind of angels are Gabriel and Michael. Here's more from Swedenborg's Secrets of Heaven talking about a section in the book of Exodus in which a pillar of cloud You remember that? It was guiding the children of Israel through the wilderness, and it's called the angel of God. The word speaks of a single angel, even when it is many angels who are meant. One example is this verse, which talks about the angel of God when it means the pillar that marched in front of the children of Israel, which was made up of many angels. The word also refers to angels by such names as Michael, Raphael, and so on. People who do not know the word's inner meaning believe that Michael or Raphael is an individual angel who is supreme among the angels with him. But these names in the word do not designate an individual angel. Instead, 
They mean the angelic role itself, and therefore, the Lord's divine nature in regard to that role. Both collectively and individually, angels would be the first to tell you, hey, look, all the power that I have, this is God's. This is coming from God's own energy and God's purposes, and, and they want it. They like it that way. One of Swedenborg's more astounding statements is that angels are actually ex-people, people who used to be alive in the material world and have passed on to the spiritual world. And these are people who actually lived their lives in such a way that they opened their hearts to God while they were here. And that had the result that after, they're, after they've died and they're angels, they can actually be filled with the presence of God and actually be the embodiment of God in other people's lives. They can be filled with the Spirit of God, is the way it's put sometimes in the Bible. And so you'll see this in certain biblical stories, like a God appearing to Moses at the burning bush or appearing to Gideon, that it'll start the episode by saying the angel of the Lord, but then it kind of morphs into just the Lord is saying this and that and the other thing and saying, here's what I'm going to do. And, and it's as if the angel of the Lord disappeared. Well, that's apparently the experience that they have. They actually lose their identities momentarily in this experience to such a degree that they don't know that they're not God. It absolutely fills every fiber of their being. Swedenborg explains that only once the experience is over do they kind of realize, oh, yes, that was the Spirit of God coming into me. And the reason they're able to have these experiences is that they are very humble they understand the difference between themselves and God, so they can experience this extraordinary oneness and be a mouthpiece for God. And if you're interested in this subject, you could see some more in the particular episode that we did called, Why Does the Bible Say We Are Gods? How Angels Operate on Behalf of God. If you're looking in your Greek and Hebrew dictionary, which we do, a lot, right? Every morning. You can see that there's these words in the original languages that were translated angel in English. Both are words that mean messenger. And Swedenborg offers this alternate phrasing of that. He says, in the original language, angel means one who has been sent. So angel is identified with the function it's performing. So when we feel this pull to do something good, kind or helpful, you can think of that impulse as us being sent by God, you know, through the energy coming through angels to us. This is from heaven and hell. Our intention and discernment are governed by the Lord through angels and spirits. And since this is true of our intention and discernment, it's true of all aspects of our bodies because these latter come from the former. Believe it or not, we cannot move a step without the inflow of heaven. I have been shown that this is true by a great deal of experience. So you get to feel like, oh, I want to do this good thing, and you go do it. Well, you were sent there. It wasn't like somebody pushed you, but you were urged by your feelings, and your feelings led to action. So we can be angelic in that way. We actually pray that God will send his angels who may lead us, guide our steps, teach us, and inspire us as to what we should think and say, and so on. Yeah, you talk like it, maybe it's really happening. In heaven, there's no question it's happening. They're very aware of how everything good, kind, and helpful that they do is coming from the Lord and also being done in teamwork with others who share the same passion that they do. You understand, oh, I'm part of a larger, I'm always part of a larger movement from, from God, from angels. So in heaven, Gabriel is this mission being pursued by a whole group of angels who are acting as a particular kind of messenger 
of the divine. This is from Apocalypse Revealed. Michael does not mean some archangel, and neither does Gabriel or Raphael, but ministries in heaven are meant. Gabriel means the ministry performed by people who teach from the word that Jehovah came into the world and that the humanity that he took on there is the Son of God and divine. The angel who announced this to Mary is accordingly called Gabriel. People who are engaged in these ministries are also called Michaels and Gabriels in heaven. So here, if you work for Google, aren't you called a Googler? There, it's like, oh, you're, you're a Michael, you're a Gabriel, because this is the job that you have. It seems like all these angels in the Christmas story were from the Gabriel, Gabriel Society, and it makes total sense because what were they doing? They were doing what Gabriel does. They were teaching that God had come to earth in human form. This looks like a job for Gabriel because it is Gabriel's job. They announced the conception and birth of Jesus and of John who would prepare the way. They offered guidance about how to find and take care of that child. And then they inspired rejoicing or noticing the birth of the Savior and what he was doing in the world. So it's absolutely, this is right up Gabriel's alley. And this happened a long time ago, but it's also happening right now. Jesus' birth didn't just happen long ago. It can also happen in each one of our lives on a personal level, if we're willing. We dig into the symbolism of these elements of the Christmas story in our episode, Why Did Jesus Come to Earth as a Baby? But in brief, the inn that had no room for Mary and Joseph represents a mindset that's not willing to let the Lord in. And Mary represents the part of our mind that is willing to start a relationship with the Lord. The stable and manger represent a humble state of mind, and taking care of the infant Jesus represents nurturing that new relationship so that it can grow in our lives. And in this personal process, it makes sense to me that Gabriel angels would be involved. Since angels influence our goals, perhaps Gabriel angels are the ones who send inspiration to start on the journey of letting the Lord be born into our lives and who help us notice that it's happening, and who guide and inspire us to keep nurturing that relationship. Wrap-up time. So to summarize what we've learned about Gabriel here, first of all, Gabriel is a team. Gabriel is a group of people working together. People, angels are just people that are working on really cool things. Also, Gabriel announces the coming of the Lord. What are they working on? The announcement and all the ramifications of that of the coming of the Lord. And we also learned that we can listen for the Gabriel voice inside of us, that we can be part of Team Gabriel if we are doing the same work. And I would imagine that that group, I don't know if they like being called Team Gabriel or not, but let's say they do. Team Gabriel's gotta be especially close, I would think, at Christmas time, because Christmas is supposed to be when we are understanding something about the meaning of the coming of the Lord back then and in each of us. So they're here in, in our hearts and minds, reminding us of what the celebration is about and how it can do good in the world. And who knows, maybe I'm talking to a future Gabriel. Maybe some of you, when you get to the afterlife, you're gonna put on the Gabriel uniform and help do that work for the human race. Off the Left Eye is Curtis Childs, director, producer, and host. Karen Childs, writer, community manager, and host. Chelsea Odner, writer, production manager, and host, and Jonathan Rose, host and series editor of the NCE. Shada Sullivan is the voice you love in our narrations. Stuart Farmer is our technical director. Matthew Childs, our video art director. Our motion designers are Meng Jong and Jesse Johnson. Reed McArdle made our music. 
Devin Osblond is our production intern. Cara Dom is our Latin consultant extraordinaire. And Chris Dunn is our digital marketing magician. And you are our much-loved listener. And now you can journey with us all week. Every Monday's Swedenborg and Life episode, including this one, has a week's worth of content lined up to support you in your exploration of these life-changing ideas. All video content premieres at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time on the Off the Left Eye YouTube, Facebook, and Simplecast channels. On Tuesdays, find us on social media or go to offtheleftye.com to get custom downloadable art paired with the week's topic to ground you through the week. On Wednesdays, join us to dig a little deeper into the week's topic with news from heaven. On Thursdays, we want to hear from you. We'll be sharing a new reflection question weekly on our community tab and social media channels. Then join us for Swedenborg Live on Fridays for our panel Q&A show. And listen every Sunday to the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast to always know what we're up to and what you can look forward to. If you want to help sustain Off the Left Eye's operations, consider becoming a monthly donor today. And right now, we have a matching gift challenge from a very generous donor couple where dollar for dollar up to $10,000 will be matched when you make a new or increased monthly donation. You can provide a direct gift or restrict it to our new Off the Left Eye endowment fund. Giving to the endowment fund is a great way to guarantee that your gifts live on to help Off the Left Eye forever. Go to otle.cosvox.com to become part of our essential community of donors. From all of us here at Off the Left Eye, we thank you.